names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. In which case, though, like he could take a minimum there and still be paid a max plus the minimum. So, like, yeah. but next year, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if Russ is long for this league. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't either after watching him this year because he, he's certainly not worth anything close to what he's making right now as yeah. a basketball player. He and might not even be worth a headache, man. Like, if he's, if that's he's, what it, I mean. Like, if this is, you know, watching that exit interview, if this is how he feels about his role in the basketball, then it's strictly the reason you are trading for him is not to sell tickets. It's not to like have a productive guard for one year, whatever. It is to save money. And that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know that any of these teams are bringing him in to their locker room and saddling their coach with that. Well, and bad teams usually have like a young guard, typically. Do you want Russ around your young guard? Like it, yeah, like is that is that who you want playing with Lamelo or Tyrese Halliburton? Right. Like I don't know, and so that's where I, I think it becomes strictly about the cash savings. But even at that point, I'm not sure that it's like that crazy to think that these teams would consider it for all the reasons that we just laid out. Yeah, all that. Yeah, everything that you and I just said. Ignore it, teams that are thinking about trading for him. Like he was, he was a delight. He yeah. was just tremendous. I loved the Russ experience. I me, that, me too. It that's was... why I already bought his Hornet jersey, uh, you know, like for <laughs> just for this podcast. I was not ready for that. I just hacked up a lung. <laughs> I just say, look, all he needs, all he needs is to be uh, Russ's powers. You know, when did we see him? I, I don't know geography, so this may be wrong. But uh, look, when have we seen him play his best basketball when he's been closest to Jordan? You know, like there geographically. Mm -hmm. I think Oklahoma City is probably closer to Charlotte than Houston is, right? Do you no. Okay. Well, you know, it didn't work. But uh, well, MJ played in Washington, clearly inspired by Michael Jordan's legacy with the Wizards. You know, he came on, had a strong second half of the season. If you get him in the same building in a team playing for a team owned by Michael Jordan, I don't know. Maybe he reactivates, you know, all I'm here to say is why not? So I'm looking at it. It's close. I Houston is is closer to to Jordan. Well, but, damn. All right. Well, but Washington D.C. closer. Yeah, and so he was better in Washington D.C. than he was in uh in Houston. And in when LA. was he worst in L.A. In L.A. Furthest from Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know why not? Is all we're saying. Why not? All right. The next part of this conversation, before we start to get to like the details and players potentially involved here, is the Lakers pick situation. And um, Eric Pink has tweeted out that the Lakers are would not be thrilled about moving either of their picks. Which, like, to your credit, because I took so that mad night, about this. You were so mad about this. And I, I appreciate you walking me off the ledge here when 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 I saw that tweet. Um, but you, you made a you made the point, so I'll let you make it. Yeah, so I mean, he what, what what was his exact wording? It was like they would not be excited to trade those. Yeah, like some excited. Yeah. Like right. I'm hearing weird? that they would not be excited. Wouldn't it be weirder if he had tweeted like, "I'm hearing they're really excited to trade these yeah. picks." 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand what he's saying, and Eric's a good jerk. Like, Eric is honestly, like, as pretty much as informed as anyone, you know, covering mm-hmm. the NBA in terms of stuff. Like, he doesn't always – he's not out here, like, trying to break trade rumors and stuff, but, like, he knows about stuff that's happening. So I believe Absolutely. him when he says that they're not excited about this, but it would be really weird if they were excited about it. Like, that doesn't mean Woo! they won't do it. You know, like I, I, it's like I was saying in Slack yesterday, like there are lots of things that I do as part of my day to day job that I'm not excited about, you know, like talking you off a ledge when you get like this about report, like little scuttlebutt reports like this is not something I wake up every day and I'm like, oh, man, there's chicken little at it again in Slack. He's like, oh, the Lakers aren't excited. Like, this is why Jeannie Buss should sell the team. Like, about, I didn't go that far. Excited to trade 2020. I said they should trade the Browns. <laughs> You did, yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna put you on blast for that. I was gonna give you like the take that people were gonna get less mad at you for. Yeah. So, but anyway, since you did it, Anthony's in here. He's like, "Well, then they should just trade LeBron." And it's like yeah. Anthony because they're not excited to trade the twenty. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Like, <laughs> that doesn't mean they won't do it. Is my only point. Yeah. You know, like they might be willing to move these picks. I can't imagine that it's going to be an easy decision, but sort of the thing that we were talking about, and I was talking about this uh, with like Jason Timpf and a couple other people on Twitter the other day, is like you sort of have to, if you're the Lakers at this point, you have to decide a direction. The Lakers do not have, they, their assets and their windows are so yeah. limited that they need to pick a lane. They either need to go all in around LeBron and AD, trade these picks, do whatever you can to make this window, one more run at this it. window back open, take w- at least one more run at it. Or you need to just like sell the farm basically. And like, you know, give up because you can't do half measures and be like, well, yeah. you know, we're all, I guess we'll just trade out the coach and we'll run it back with Russ. Like you're just wasting another year of LeBron and AD. Or well, you can't just be like, well, you know, We'll make a rust trade, but it's just for bad contracts that don't really help us. We're not willing to, you know, throw in a pick. And, you know, that is taking just like a huge gamble. And you're basically saying we don't care if we win again with LeBron and AD because it is too scary to trade these picks that are on the line because we don't really believe that it's worth it and that this team can win anyway. And if that's what you're saying, then you may as well just then, – then at that point, you may as well just go in the tank and just rebuild because you're just admitting defeat essentially. And so I think that ultimately they're going to pick – the other route and go all in and decide like, Hey, look, we made this mistake. Let's get these picks as involved as they need to be to get a, to allow us to put together a better supporting cast around these guys and run it back and try again. Yeah. I, 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 so it was funny but because if they're not going to be excited about it. Like, why would you, yeah. that's not an exciting thing to be like, Hey, we're trading a eighth grader and a sixth grader, you know, that we have no idea how good they are. They're going to be. We have no idea what these picks are going to be like. And we just got off this situation. Well, actually you probably have a like pretty good idea to save these protected picks. I, I'd go so far as to say that like, they have a pretty good idea. Like, I think you and I have a pretty good idea of what those picks are going to look like in the post LeBron AD era. Well, we don't know. I mean, look, no one, people weren't expecting five years before LeBron came that LeBron was going to come join the Lakers, you know, like somebody is going to come and suit up. And if it's during those years then those picks may not be as good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and predict that post LeBron, those picks that anybody might have post LeBron with the Lakers are going to be pretty viable. And viable. the thing that no one talks about, I mean, maybe, maybe they're bad enough this year that Palenka gets fired and the, and the organization like, injects some adults into the situation and like under those circumstances then like yeah that that's that Masai gamble and just nick took nurse a hit package deal here we go yeah right like uh, you he know tra- it- Masai trades nick nurse here and then quits and joins the lakers front office 
Would you trade Anthony Davis for Musai Ujiri and Nick Nurse? Oh God. No, because I don't, I'm not in the, I, no, I wouldn't. I okay. understand where you're coming from because those two guys are very good at their job, but I, no, you don't trade like a top 10 player for, for. Exactly oh, you have him as top 10. Hmm. I think, he, I think when healthy Anthony Davis is still a top 10, <laughs> arguably top five. This is going to be the clip. I'm going to make this the clip. Okay. Would you trade Anthony I Davis? Did, hey, for... look, I didn't hesitate, you know, so I'm not, I'm not getting flamed for it. I think I would. And people can't End see the, the full Russ jersey, though. So that's the only part of tweeting up uh, the Hornets jersey. I mean, look, I need to get you in that in that, in that that color on the Twitter webs. <laughs> like, we, 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 we need that. that of in course, our this life. is the day you decide to do your job. It's just so you can roast me. Um, I, yeah, so what were, and the other thing that nobody talks about, because Rob has been so bad at negotiating uh, over, like, the course of these trades and stuff yeah. like that, is that you can protect these picks. I mean, that makes them less <laughs> yeah. valuable. I just picture Rob listening to this, like, wait, what? He's like, huh? What? You mean, what do you when? mean protect them? Like, not trade them? And it's He's like, like, no, <laughs> you, can, you can trade them and say they only go to the team if they're in this, you know, X, Y, He's only been using the ESPN trade machine where, like, picks aren't even listed. When you can go to, like, Fanspo and you can, like, protect and heavily protect these picks. That's the yeah. that's what's been hailing the Lakers all along, is Rob won't get off ESPN. <laughs> so, like, you can protect these picks. That's what I'm saying. You know, you can yeah. make this less scary than it would yeah. be otherwise. That makes it saved the, the Lakers valuable. Like it but... saved the Lakers back when they were during the during the the the, young, the youth rebuild. Right? Was yeah. Yeah. they had any and all Mitch of those Kupchak protections? But <laughs> somehow all of those protections worked out. And and if you're a non-Laker fan listening to this, and you're saying somehow, uh, somehow yeah. it just happened to work out for the Lakers that they got Lonzo and D'Angelo yeah. and still screwed and it up. Yeah. Um. But like I I, I think. Uh, you know, when it comes to these, these picks and, and whether the Lakers, like, I, I agree completely with you and, 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 you know, after, after you kind of talked me off the ledge in the slack and, and it was funny because Jacob said, is there a middle ground between trading LeBron, trading Anthony Davis and rebuilding, diving headfirst into your rebuild and vying for a championship, trading the picks and doing all those things. I don't think there is. Like, I There's don't know. There's not a realistic one. You know, yeah, you can obviously like, hope for like, oh, okay, like they trade, like, let's just say hypothetically, I don't know that this is going to happen or like that this is even realistic. So like Hornets fans don't get mad at me, but let's just say like straight up, they swap Russ for Gordon Hayward and whatever salary filler, like the, Terry the Charlotte, Charlotte just wants off that contract and they yeah. just do that trade. No picks involved, whatever. Maybe Gordon Hayward plays more games than we've seen him play in years, and that is a productive trade, and that allows the Lakers to keep their pick, and they got their third star, and they have enough wing defense and depth, and like Anthony Davis stays healthy the whole year, and LeBron stays healthy the whole year, and they go to a title and whatever. Yeah. But I would not say that that's the most likely outcome, and so I think in order to kind of juice your chances you got to get these picks involved not necessarily in that trade or whatever but to try and like let's say you know they take Taylor horton tucker and that pick attaching him allows you to get like a good win now player in exchange for his salary and kendrick nuns or something on the fringes of a deal like that or you know again these are all hypotheticals but you know if you get those picks involved more things are possible to flesh yeah. out the depth of this team the other thing too is if the Lakers were even like semi-competitive, not embarrassing, not actively embarrassing to the organization this year, to the history of the organization this year, 
I think there might be more ground for that middle ground, more room for that middle ground. But seeing as Rob spent the entirety of his of his exit interview telling everybody listening that was not good enough. That was that was not up to Lakers fan standards. And you can't you can't have that press conference and then half ass it. You can't. Because then you're telling fans half assing well, yeah, no, he- he literally can't because he's only got, you know, as as Bill Arum was talking about in The Athletic, he only has two years left on his deal. You know, right. so Rob cannot afford right. to, to half-ass it. And, 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 but like, but even, even if he didn't have that contract situation staring him in the face, you're, if you tell everybody last season was not up to standards for the Lakers fan base, and then you half-ass it, your response to what was not good enough for the fan base was half-assing it and therefore half-assing it is good enough for the Lakers fan base. And I'm sorry, like that is a shit message to send everybody. That is not a message that Lakers fans should accept. And, and so, yeah, I think, I think all of the factors here, uh, lend, lend themselves to a pretty significant investment in this next season. And now does it mean that the, the, you know, the, the era after LeBron is going to be any less painful? It depends. It depends on the outcome. If you win a championship um, by going all in and sacrificing the future, then yeah, I would sit there and I would happily say this, this while the Lakers suck is worth it because they got one more ring. They got number 18. Aaron has said on various platforms that that is something that is, is a significant driving force to everybody in the organization is getting to 18 before the Celtics do getting that lead on the Celtics that they have never, ever had. So like, I, I think for, for, uh, all of these reasons, you combine them all and, and no, like, I, I, I don't think there is a middle ground for, between the two situations. Um, is there, yeah, is I there agree a... with you? I think it was a stupid question from Jake <laughs> from Jay. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's get into some of the specifics here of uh, what these scenarios would kind of look like. I'll start with Charlotte because it seems, as of right now, um, the more pervasive uh, speculation or rumor that is out there in, in league circles. So right now, I, I think personally, given what we know New Orleans is trying or see, I damn it, I was gonna try to get through the whole show and not do did it. it. Shit. Given what Charlotte is is uh, accomplished here in trading for Russell Westbrook, I think the trade that makes the most sense for them is Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier straight up for Russell Westbrook. If they ask for a pick, I think the Lakers heavily protect it. But I don't think, given the fact that Terry is going to ter- like Hayward's contract is the most painful in the in the short term future, in the near future. I think Terry Rogers is actually the one that they're more nervous about because that's the one that extends into all of the extensions. That's the yeah. one that occurs uh, is concurrent with Lamelo's, with Although Bridges, and not, with Washington's. At least his is not that bad of a deal. Like I, th- yeah. I believe he's been relatively durable, and he also he's been fine. Is, yeah, and he also like it's twenty million a year. You know, and he play in, he he fits with Lamelo, yeah. which is which so, is helpful. I I just like I. I think the Lakers would have to probably get a pick involved in that just because mm-hmm. he is still a good player on a value contract. I don't think that just because of the extension stuff, they're going to be like, here, just take him for Russ. You know, yeah. like, I think you'd have to get a pick involved if you wanted to be part of it would be my guess. 
but I think I think the Lakers, if they're smart, would negotiate it down to like some kind of protection on that on that pick. Um, yeah. To, to make that work. The other thing that I would say about every scenario here involving the the Hornets is, see, I, it's in my head. I almost corrected myself to Pelicans, but um, no. What is what I, I think? One thing that's always going to be involved here with the Hornets is. I don't think both picks are available to to uh, Charlotte here. Only one. Yeah, and I is, mean, not unless they're including Lamelo or something. Like, yeah. Well, like if you if you know if like if uh, I, don't, I guess they don't have anybody good enough, like realistically good enough yeah. to be available for that for that second pick. Yeah. But like I my my thinking is that the Lakers want that second pick to to attach to Tht. To go get somebody who better fits this window too. I think. Yeah. I think they recognize that and, that was a mistake. And or none. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever contract it is that they would yeah. wind up with. But I, I don't think with with and this Austin situation Reeves, just because they hate us, so they'll like attach him for like salary purposes. Could you imagine that day on Twitter? Oh man. Could you imagine? Like, <laughs> Are you prepared for Austin Reeves to be in the Russ trade? Man, it would suck. But like. They're gonna. They're sending his. They're sending the footage of his game against Denver to like every all double. the other teams. Yeah, you can get two guys who average have at some point in their careers average averaged a triple, triple double over some span of time. <laughs> some longer than others, granted. Yeah, but who's the more useful the player right now? Broke, I ask. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Austin really did pick up some veteran tips from Russ. <laughs> Got to get these rebounds. Yeah. If they, if they, the other, the other kind of versions of this deal here um, with the um, with the Hornets involve, you know, guys like Kelly Oubre, Mason Plum, Plumley. Um, of those three players, Rozier is clearly the the best one, the be- the, the better of the three options. Um, how would you feel about Kelly Oubre and or Mason Plumley being included in the offer? I. Them including Mason Plumley is definitely the funniest option, considering how many slanderous, like legitimately, like slanderous, bordering libel tweets you've sent about the Plumley brothers, and then you having to like cover one of them. Yeah, yeah, he looks um, like a boiled hot dog. Like yes, I can't. I was, wait, I was waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. Again, it's the teal. You know, it's <laughs> it's the teal, no sleeves. Yeah, no wear sleeves, Mason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, he Stanley Johnson needs to hook him up with the with the jersey to wear underneath the underneath the jersey if he's in yeah, LA. Exactly. Um, like, who I, am I to say there wasn't a a a what is a conveyor belt from the Plumley mother to the Duke bench? Like, how how do we know that didn't exist? I'm not even touching this, <laughs> Kelly Kelly Oubre gives me a little bit of pause. Like I I'd still, I'm not like inclusion of Kelly Oubre as a deal breaker or anything. The only thing that worries me and it worries me less if Russ is on the way out. But as we saw this year, you can only have so many low basketball IQ players on the floor at once <laughs> with the Bays and Russ experience. And, you know, like, I mean, I, it matters less if Russ is gone. And so maybe yeah. Ubre fits in great, but like how good the Warriors got right after they got rid of Bazemore and Ubre <laughs> kind of gives me a little bit of worry. Yeah. I would, I, I think that's, that's, that's a good sound reasoning but there. He, if he's mostly just salary filler, he's still a decent player. And so I, I think you go ahead and like you do that deal. Like he definitely, 
it, I'm still more interested in him, I guess, than probably Plumley. Does Mother Plumley sound like, like an Aesop Fable character? You can't help yourself. <laughs> it's so good. What's the moral of the story? You're well, not Mother even listening Plumlee. to anything that I'm saying. You're just thinking about the Plumley Bros and hot dogs. <laughs> Remember at one point the other Plumley was better. Like he, I honestly like, still don't know the difference. So I, I don't remember. I, the, I said the other Plumley because I don't. Yeah, remember I know the there's other guy's Plumley name. brothers. It, I don't know which one is which or which team they play for. So Mason is in is in Charlotte. I, I don't think that within five minutes. Well, I, I forget what the other Plum was. It Michael? No, it was something. All right, I'm gonna look this up too. But yeah, I I think I think the point that you're making about Ubre and the Warriors. And just in terms of like general approach to the sport, like let's just say if he if if Kelly Oubre was an extra in what was the Ben Stiller movie where he was a male model? Uh, Zoolander. Zoolander. If if Kelly Oubre was one of the extras who was in that unfortunate gasoline scene where everybody died because they didn't realize that uh, gasoline is flammable. He would have fit in, you know. Oh my God. He's a, <laughs> he is an extremely good-looking man, though. Extremely good-looking guy. Can and you I imagine think how happy God doesn't I don't give know if with there's two anyone hands. That is a bigger winner of that trade than Kelly Oubre just getting to play in Los Angeles. I, I'm telling you right now, man. The the Instagram scene. He would Marshall Marshall Plumley was the other one. Oh, okay. And there's a Miles apparently. Miles Plumley. Miles Plumley was the one in Phoenix who was like better for a little while and then and then wasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Ubre, like I, I would rather include a pick to get Rogier than wind up with Ubre and or yeah. Plumley. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Also right, like Rozier gives you just quick tangent, but like he gives yeah. you the, the kind of guy that LeBron has clearly been it's, wanting to take he's some the of point the guard that, Yeah. And yeah. So I, I, th I think that makes some sense. Yeah. I, I, I think Rozier, like as a player, is I, I I don't know how I feel about small guards. I know how I feel about small guards. I'm not I'm not yeah. really a fan. But like he's a six one point guard. He can he can space the floor. Um, he's you know you have the defense intact right with AD and LeBron. I'd feel better about I would actually feel better about Rozier if I knew Frank was back because I think he can make that defense work. Um, but you know that you ship don't think has, Mark Jackson can. You know, it's like, it's like, it's a significant just part to believe of believe he's taller, Anthony, you know, it's just <laughs> it's about mentality, hand yeah. down, man down. If he just has a hand up, then yeah. it's good. You know, you just see like That's you walk into the Lakers practice and like all like, like one of Rogier's hands are in, in like a teammate's hand, you know, arms and then yeah. the feet are too. And they're just like literally trying to stretch him. And that yeah. was Mark Jackson's approach to making him a better defender. Like that, that wouldn't surprise me. Put them um, on like the medieval, that with those medieval like stretching wheels. Like that's, <laughs> that's how they get. They just have it's him like, doing I, nothing. feels so good. They're like, yeah, but you're an inch taller. So yeah, it's like nothing but like nothing but pull-ups for Terry Rozier yeah. as his, as his workout, just trying to give him a little extra wingspan. He play, he, they can have him play in the platform shoes from winning time. <laughs> um, the other situation here is with the Charlotte, uh, or no, the Indiana Pacers and the trade that is, is, you know, has apparently circulated is, uh, Malcolm Brogdon and the 
long-awaited Buddy Healed. The return. Edition. They're fixing their mistake. <laughs> so I think you and I are on the same page that this is a deal that you and I would prefer above Charlotte. Anything that Charlotte yeah. has to offer, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, on this one, you are Just because like Hayward is interesting in the sense of like in theory. He, yeah. would may, he would probably be the best player in any of these deals, but I, I just don't know that I trust him to stay healthy. And that, yeah. so like, then it kind of doesn't matter. And so I'd rather like, you know, healed than Brogdon. And even Brogdon has like struggled to stay healthy, but I think Phil's kind of more of a need alongside that as like, like kind of that pass first point guard type guy, like that yeah. they've been looking for. And shooter, for. like he's a yeah. great shooter. So. And he, so is healed. Yeah. Too, it, it does like it, it would mean that it would mean that the Lakers would remain an offense first team. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the days of them being an elite defense are probably gone. Yeah. Um, they're probably, they probably dip into like top 10 to 15, which makes you mediocre. Yeah. Um, well, depending but, on the coach. Yeah. Well, I, in part, do you think, do you think they'll get a coach who is better at defense than Frank? Cause I don't, I don't think that's possible. I mean, I think you could make an argument that Nick nurse is, or at least as good. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, a lot bad. of, I mean, he has much better defensive players in Toronto than Frank had the last two years. But I, yeah. I think Nick Nurse has shown that he is a creative, just overall basketball mind, both offensively and defensively. Yeah. Um, this one, you are including a pick. There is no getting around the Lakers adding a pick here. Would Possibly you add a two? Right. That's what I was going to ask you. Would you add a second pick to this? If it means you're limiting what you're able to do with, with, uh, THT slash none. I don't think that I would, but yeah, two is kind of steep for this. Like neither of those guys are like so good that I, I don't know if like you're including like, like two first round picks, like that's, you're starting to get into like superstar trade territory there. And I get mm -hmm. that it's like not quite the same. Cause you're not trading assets with them. Like normally in those superstar trades, it's like, you know, good young player, salary ballast, couple picks, whatever. Whereas right. this one, part of the picks are like incentivizing them to take the Taking guy that you're the sending out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I I lean towards no, even after that whole rant of you either have to go. I just don't know if this deal is good enough that you would want to include both picks. You'd have to be damn sure that Brogdon can stay healthy and that you can find guys. Like, this is one of those where the Lakers would have to tamper their asses off to figure yeah. out what kind of minimum type signings they can make to add to this group. Because yeah. uh, if... If Brogdon gets hurt, which he has, like he has not been able to stay healthy. And if Heald is, because like, it was funny, you and I both have friends who either currently or formerly covered the Kings, whether yeah. it's Ziller or whether it's Greg or, or, or you name it, Christian. Um, and, and they'll all say like, look, Heald when he's good looks incredible, but Heald when he's not, is you have to like convince yourself, oh, that's right, he has good nights and therefore should still be in the NBA. Yeah. And and so like well, if, if he's not hitting his shots, he doesn't do anything else. Right. He doesn't defend, he doesn't rebound, he's not a good passer. So he is just out there to be good at what he is really, really good at, granted. Like he is you can make an argument he is in that like Steph Clay tier of shooters. He just doesn't um, do any of the other things that those like literally none of them. Yeah, not yeah. a thing. 
so, like so imagine, like, imagine if Steph was bad at everything else except shooting. And then there you go. <laughs> well, Steph is also shorter, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think like, imagine if clay was bad at every, like actively bad at yeah. everything else. Like actively detrimental, not just bad, like <laughs> yeah, harmful just... to your team's chances. <laughs> like yeah. if you, if you didn't like Russell Westbrook's defense last year, get a little of this guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also, you know, he's not making 45 million and they're going to have other good players on their roster. But yeah, I, I would include one. I wouldn't include two. I, I don't, I kind of, the more we talk about it, I, I think that's too steep. Well, I think, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, or I do agree with you. And it's because Unless maybe, maybe you're expanding. And again, I haven't checked the trade machine, but maybe you're expanding the trade. You include like, maybe get a pick. and you get miles Turner back or, you know, you'd like find a way to, but I don't know the Indies dealing miles Turner. No, they, and, I don't think they are, but I'm just saying like, that's the only way that I would include like a second pick is if you're getting another good player from them. But like, just for those two guys, I don't think that I would do two picks. Yeah. The other thing too is if you trade both of your picks, you're in the exact situation you were at the deadline where like Russ, your again, only asset Russ is, is THT. Expiring. Russ isn't expiring. This is not a situation where you're trying to move this toxic multi-year deal where it's yeah. going to cost you all these picks to like move it up or you have to trade, you know, like he's an expiring contract. There are benefits to that, even if you're not going to keep him around. Like I, I'm right. not, yeah, I, I know Rob Palenka has like lost every negotiation he's completed, but like he, you know, even, even I have a hard time believing he's going to include two picks to Indy for this deal. Well, now that you mentioned Rob, I think <laughs> they're like, all right, well, it's one, but well, actually you're going to need two to get it over the goal line. And I was like, oh God, I really want healed. I got no, 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 it's, it, it would go, it would go. All right, Rob deals done. Russ and a pick you get Brogdon and, and healed back. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Rob. Are you sure you don't want the second? Like, are you positive? I don't think I need it. I don't. Yeah. Like it's just lying there. Yeah. Just gonna be, I'm not even going to be here you when they when... just that we appreciate your, you know, your thoughtful negotiation so much. And we just want to thank you, Chad Buchanan, for becoming <laughs> part of our legacy. And yeah. And then he says after he the talks, fact, like he talks to the press when he's in, like, maybe we figured out why GMs don't like dealing with him. Do you think that's yeah. actually how he talking talks to, to him is GMs? exhausting? Yeah. 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 They're just like, oh, God, Rob had me on the phone making a 45-minute alchemist analogy while trying to trade me THT. <laughs> um, all right, last thing here that is kind of a, a, a more of a macro point. Do you think the days of, like, the, the three superstar approach are done? Because, like, I look around, and I really feel like two stars and a solid cast of role players seems to be the 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 safer approach they need to be two-way stars if you're going to do the three-star build they have to be legit super or at least like two of them have to be legit two-way like so sort of like the the bucks are not quite this because they have like other good role players as well and you know mm -hmm. like yeah like middleton and drew holiday are not what we typically consider quote unquote stars but they're like yeah. you know three max ish guys but they're all two-way players and so yeah. I think in that situation, it can work, but you got to have at least two of them sort of like LeBron and AD in the, in the bubble. Like, I, I think you could have made that work. You know, if you had had Kawhi, like they were trying to get, like, I think that team would have been works. pretty freaking good, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that probably like, works. they have to be two way guys. You can't have like three stars that like, you know, only one of them competes defensively. And then you're like filling it out with all minimums. Yeah. I think, man. I think 
I think I'd still rather have two in a supporting cast. I just think it's a lot easier. Like the other thing to keep I get in mind conceptually, is conceptually, but like some sometimes it's not your choice. Like you kind of you have yeah like yeah. If if your you stars know. are saying we not we want another star, well, then. not even just that, but like <laughs> okay, like you've drafted really well, and yeah. you have like three guys Phoenix. that you want to pay the max to. You know, yeah. like stuff like that. Like there's different situations where it, it just sort of depends on your team situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm really curious about this. This is something I'm probably going to talk to Aaron about tomorrow is is the approach of three stars versus two in, in a better supporting cast. Because, yeah. you know, you look at it and for a while there. Lead three it in stars. like Aaron. Did you guys learn from this year? <laughs> Just generally speaking, Aaron, yeah. and not nobody specifically. Three versus two. How, yeah. Which did you like? more? Which number sounds better to you? <laughs> All right. That's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. I have uh, We have a lowdown coming today that I think you guys are going to enjoy. And then we have a uh, hook tomorrow. And then on top of that, we are diving into the playoff coverage here. As I tweeted out earlier today, all of us on the Silver Screen Podcast, Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network, um, we all adopted a playoff team. And as you know, I'll just pull that up, see if I have it. So, as it stands right now, I adopted the Denver Nuggets. Harrison, you took the Brooklyn Nets. Sabrina took the Milwaukee Bucks. Aaron is rooting for his uh, Golden State Warriors. Jacob Rude took up the uh, Miami Heat. Alex Padilla. Uh, of Taco Tuesday, he took the Memphis Grizzlies. Christian took the Philadelphia 76ers. Smart move on his part because the longer, the further that they go, uh, the better the chances become that Doc stays there. So shout, good yeah. job, good job by Christian. Um, Alex Regla took the uh, Toronto Raptors, and then Raj took his Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, so the bold choice because they haven't even made the playoffs yet. Yeah, that game kicks off here in a couple hours. So. Uh, as these teams kind of advance and stuff like that, we are going to spend some time talking about them, about what we've seen from them, things that we would like the Lakers to maybe look at in terms of approach that they could learn from these teams, what these teams getting really good might mean for the Lakers, all of that good stuff. Um, however, everybody chooses to cover their, their selected and adopted playoff team. Um, on top of all of that, we have some obviously off-season content talking about stuff like this player reviews we have plenty of reason for y'all to stick around and continue to listen here on the silver screen podcast network until all of that i'm anthony irwin that was harrison fagan we'll talk to you guys next week